0: Scott Walsberger leads the cancer prevention portfolio at the Cancer Council, New South Wales, including the Tobacco Control, Skin Cancer Prevention and Nutrition Units. The Cancer Council is Australia's largest not-for-profit cancer control organisation. The Tobacco Control Unit in particular focuses on programs, research, policy and advocacy to address smoking among priority groups with high prevalence and to expand protections from secondhand smoke exposure. Now, of course, I've invited Scott on the show today to talk to us about smoking in strata buildings. And I know that Scott's concerned about this issue on a few levels. As a father, Scott's concerned that parents are forced to expose their children to secondhand smoke. As a Strata owner, Scott's concerned about the financial costs of smoking in buildings, as well as his responsibilities to provide his tenant with a healthy living environment. So today, I am absolutely delighted to welcome Scott Walsberger from the Cancer Council, New South Wales. Welcome, Scott.
1: Thank you, Amanda. And thanks for having us on.
0: Absolute pleasure. And I know this is something we've been trying to arrange for a little while, Scott. So I'm glad that we finally coordinated diaries and we have the pleasure of your company today.
1: Yeah, it's great now that the laws are in place that we can actually talk about what's here and what people can do with them.
0: Yeah, excellent. So we are going to be covering the new New South Wales strata laws that have just commenced. And I want to start by asking you, Scott, can you tell us why you think smoking is such a critical issue for those living in strata?
1: I guess, first of all, we know that secondhand smoke is harmful to people's health. Mm. We've known that for years, and that's why we have smoke-free environment laws. Secondhand smoke exposure causes many diseases in in young children and infants, including sudden infant death syndrome and asthma. But in adults, we know that it causes cardiovascular disease, respiratory diseases, and lung cancer. Six percent of lung cancers in Australia we're able to confirm that that's because of people living, non-smokers living with a smoking partner. Mm. Secondhand smoke exposure in a home environment, we know that affects people's health. Mm. In strata schemes, what we see is that people aren't protected in the same way that they're protected in public places, or people who live in single detached homes are able to set their own rules about whether somebody smokes or not. Mm. And they're able to enforce those. But in strata schemes, oftentimes because people are living in such close proximity, their neighbor's smoking habit and the smoke from their neighbors is penetrating into their own apartment. And we know this, Cancer Council's research confirms this in that what our research found earlier this year was that people who live in apartment buildings are twice as likely to be exposed to secondhand smoke as those people who live in single detached homes.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so that paints a picture of why both from the health effects issue, as well as that heightened exposure in people who live in apartment buildings.
0: Mm. So it really is a critical issue. Is that research something that is available to the public? Are there reports about that that are accessible?
1: Yes, Amanda, that research is available in our Achieving Smoke-Free Apartment Living Toolkit, which is available on Cancer Council's website. Fabulous. Under the benefits of smoke-free apartments.
0: Okay, I might grab the link to that from you and I can put a link to that into our show notes so that our listeners can get hold of that. I find that really fascinating that people who live in strata buildings are twice as likely to suffer from secondhand smoke than others. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah. So the statistics are 34% of people who live in apartment buildings report being exposed to secondhand smoke on a regular basis Mm. compared to just 17% of those people who live in single detached homes.
2: Mm.
0: Okay. So what do you think, Scott, we can be doing about this? What do you say a good smoking or perhaps non-smoking policy is for a strata building?
2: I think the
1: thing for, for anybody, regardless of what environment they're, they're in, is that we need clear rules and people need to be informed about those rules, about whether smoking is allowed or not. In strata schemes, our suggestion is that we have the power to do that under New South Wales law through introducing a special bylaw mm. to address smoking. And we encourage strata schemes to do that. It just gives people the clarity about what the rules are and how they're they're going to be enforced. And it also gives people the ability to to pursue that if they're not being enforced. And mm. and then there's I guess repercussions that can be taken to address that issue. Mm. We recommend that strata schemes introduce a one hundred percent ban on smoking in the building. Yeah. Because we know from years of smoke-free environment laws that partial bans just don't work.
0: And when you say partial bans, what do you mean?
1: So a partial ban, for instance, in what we know from smoke-free environments over the years is that we started off having partial bans in restaurants or pubs and clubs where you could smoke in one area of the restaurant, but you couldn't smoke in the other. Well, cigarette smoke can't be contained Just one area, and we know that in strata schemes, you can't contain it even within an apartment unit.
2: Mm.
1: That it seeps through many different surfaces, it seeps through windows and doors, whether they're open or closed, Mm. it'll seep through door frames, and oftentimes, ventilation. We know that research shows that a high percentage, over 60% of the air in strata schemes or in apartment buildings Mm. is recirculated throughout the building. So the smoke from a smoker in one unit Mm. is very likely being recirculated through the air conditioning throughout the building. Mm. And so we can't contain the smoke even within somebody's unit. And so that's why we recommend that a building goes 100% smoke-free because it's the best way to protect people.
0: Mm, Fair enough. And we have new laws now that for the first time referencing smoking and what buildings can do about smoking. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Scott?
1: Yeah, so the introduction of the Strata Management Act in 2015 Mm. is the first time that smoking has been noted in that act as a nuisance or a hazard. Mm. And that's an important step forward because it clearly states that this is a problem and can be a problem in apartment buildings. Mm. The Strata Management Regulations of 2016, for the first time, include a suite of bylaws, of model bylaws that can be introduced in Strata schemes to address this issue. The bylaws that are put forward by the government in that regulation don't go to the extent that Cancer Council would encourage strata Mm -hmm. schemes to go, and so they don't include a one hundred percent smoke-free ban Mm. or bylaw. But that doesn't mean that it's not possible. And we know from Cancer Council's research, in which we've audited over a thousand strata scheme or their documentation and their bylaws, we know that five percent address smoking in any way. Mm. but 1% actually do have a complete ban. Yeah. And so this is something that is already being done in New South Wales and strata schemes are able to uphold those bylaws haven't been challenged. Mm. So we feel that there's strong precedent for for introducing complete bans. What the governments the government's bylaws do address the issue of smoke penetration. Mm. So all of the model bylaws that are included in that regulation do ban the the smoking if it is going to drift into or penetrate somebody else's unit or common areas mm,
0: yeah I'll just flesh some of that out for our listeners, Scott, who are at this point in time still very much getting used to this new legislation. You mentioned there that for the first time there is a reference to smoking being a nuisance or a hazard, and that is in section 153 of the Strata Schemes Management Act 2015. And that section basically says that An owner, a tenant, an occupier must not use their lot or permit their lot to be used in a way that causes a nuisance or a hazard to the occupier of any other lot and the legislation now specifically says here that penetration of smoke from smoking may cause a nuisance or a hazard. So what I'm really interested to see as a lawyer is whether we now see lot owners and owners corporations taking residents and owners to the tribunal for breach of this section 153 on the basis that there is smoke penetration and that that's causing a nuisance or a hazard. So That's one way that the new Act deals with it. And then you've also mentioned there, Scott, the model bylaws, the new model bylaws. And these are bylaws that generally are automatically going to apply to new strata plans that are registered from the date the new law has taken effect, so from the 30th of November 2016. And they're the bylaws that the developer will lodge when they register the strata plan. And we now have a model bylaw that says you can ban smoking on the common property. And as you say, Scott, you can also say that permitting smoke to drift, so smoke penetration or smoke drift from a lot onto the common property is also a breach of the bylaw. So even if you are an old and established strata scheme, if you want to adopt that kind of a bylaw, you certainly can. You do that by special resolution, the same way you adopt any other bylaw. And I have to say, Scott, I think I'm in your camp when it comes to preferring a more detailed bylaw when it comes to dealing with smoking. I draft a lot of smoking bylaws and I have to say the bylaws that I draft are far more detailed than what is in the model bylaws attached to the legislation. And they do deal with things like if you have visitors, how are you dealing with their smoking? How are you dealing with e-cigarettes? I'm not sure if that's something that you get into with the Cancer Council, but a lot of buildings that I see want to deal with e-cigarettes and actually ban the use of those in their building. So for established buildings who are thinking about taking on a smoking bylaw, certainly look to the model and that gives you some good guidance. But I do suggest that you have a a bespoke non-smoking bylaw drafted so that it covers what your specific needs are.
1: Yeah. So I think that's what we would encourage is that people introduce bylaws that that suit their community, but also that address this issue thoroughly and uh, inappropriately to, so that it does protect people. Mm. On the issue of e-cigarettes, our, in New South Wales legislation at the moment, in our smoke-free environments legislation, e-cigarettes are not included. Mm. So we Cancer Council's position is that that's a gap in public places. Right. Because we don't know what the long-term health effects and the harms are of e-cigarette vapor, both for the user and for, for non-users, mm. but that are exposed through secondhand vapor.
2: Mm.
1: What we do know about e-cigarettes is that they are much safer than, than cigarettes. And sure. so it's unlikely that the, the harms, especially for occasional exposure, would be that of what cigarettes are. And I guess we haven't considered a position on whether or not they should be included in the bylaws, Mm. in the scheme bylaws. Yet, we do feel that they play an important role in the smoke-free environment laws that cover public places, because there's also that normalization of smoking. And we are cautious about the renormalization of smoking.
2: Mm.
1: We don't want that to, to become a normal activity again. Yeah, good point. It's important also to note that under the new regulations, all existing strata schemes are required to review their bylaws within 12 months. So by the 30th of November 2017, Mm. strata schemes will need to look at their bylaws and consider some of the new bylaws that have been developed and whether they need to update any of them. Mm -hmm. So we think this is a great opportunity for strata schemes to, to include a bylaw that addresses smoking. So that they can protect their, their residents. It's also interesting that 93% of the New South Wales population prefer to live in a smoke-free home.
2: Mm. So
1: that would include even smokers yes. in that. And our Cancer Council's research also find that, that even smokers would prefer to live in an apartment building that has restrictions on smoking. Interesting. So what our research found is 82% of the New South Wales population preferred to live in a building with some type of restriction. Mm -hmm. A complete ban was the most preferred of the the various options that we put forward to people. But even smokers themselves, I believe about a half of smokers wanted some type of restriction or wanted to live in a building that had some type of restriction on smoking. Mm. So I think we have to remember that, I guess, because there's always the question of whether this infringes on people's personal rights or is harsh or unconscionable. And I think we have to remember that the vast majority of smokers want to quit smoking Mm. and most of them would regret ever taking up smoking. And smoke-free laws or policies help smokers to quit and they help them build up their confidence to quit. So they play two important roles. One is to protect non-smokers from exposure to secondhand smoke. But the other is that they require smokers to go longer without a cigarette Mm. or to have to smoke in a different place. And so that helps them reduce their nicotine dependency. And it also helps them to build up their confidence to eventually quit. Mm. So being able to support smokers through policies such as smoke-free environments in apartment buildings Mm plays, you know, is able to do that as well. And so we get benefits. And that probably helps explain why smokers themselves would prefer to live in a building that would have restrictions.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And, it, and I think it's important that you make that point, because of course, we do have now this new section of our legislation that says a bylaw must not be harsh, unconscionable or unreasonable. And I think in some people's minds, there's a bit of a question mark as to whether banning people smoking within their own homes, within their lot, if you like, would be harsh, unconscionable or unreasonable. And if I put my lawyer hat on and if I'm arguing for a client uh, who wants to uphold a complete ban, I think relying on the Cancer Council's research and running all of those arguments and points that you've just raised would put you in pretty good stead to say that this bylaw is in the best interests of everyone and is not harsh, unconscionable or unreasonable.
1: And I have to, I think we have to remember that in New South Wales, only 13% of our adult population are current smokers
2: mm.
1: now. So, you know, we have to think about what is harsh or unreasonable. Mm. First of all, two thirds of smokers will die of their smoking related habit. Mm. And so, you know, I guess not supporting people to quit is pretty harsh. Yep. And the fact that we are exposing people, particularly children, Mm. to secondhand smoke, which is having devastating health impacts on them, not only on their physical health, but also on their emotional health. And this is something we see quite a lot or we hear quite a lot at Cancer Council because probably... At least every week, we would receive an email or a phone call from somebody seeking our advice on what to do about these situations, about Mm. being exposed to secondhand smoke in their apartment building. Mm. And oftentimes, they're from parents of young children, or elderly residents who spend a lot of time in their apartments. And they're constantly then being exposed to this smoke. Mm. And particularly, and this is I relate very much to the parents who call us, because I'm a parent myself. And, you know, to hear the stories of the fear that they have, or the anxiety that they have about what their children are being exposed to, and the impacts that this is going to have on their children. Mm. Those are pretty hard and emotional calls to take. And as a father, I can completely understand that I do everything I can to protect my daughter. Mm. And if my daughter was in that situation, I would do anything I could to change that.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's a far-reaching issue that affects people at the deepest level, I think. And that's something that we bear in mind. This isn't just about policymaking and interpretation of laws. These are how people live their everyday lives and whether they live in comfort and without fear and in a way that is healthy. So yeah, important work that's being done. That's for sure. Okay, so let's move on, Scott. Could you share a story about how strata owners and buildings are doing well in this area who are implementing some smoke-free policies and are upholding those and uh, everybody's on board?
1: To talk about some specific examples, they're in our toolkit the Achieving Smoke-Free Apartment Living Toolkit, we give some case studies of some examples, um, including one where a strata scheme did introduce a, a bylaw and how they went about that. Mm-hmm. It's usually driven by interest from the residents mm-hmm. and concerned about exposure. And I guess oftentimes what we hear is that this happens once somebody is being exposed to mm-hmm. secondhand, yeah, which there are positive ways that you can move forward from that, taking the issue to the executive committee, seeking advice on how to write a bylaw, and now we have the model bylaws mm. so it is a bit easier because I guess we hear about some challenges as well about costs mm. of getting a bylaw drafted and and then the issues around implementation of that. so we would encourage strata schemes to take this opportunity and to introduce a a smoke-free bylaw Mm. before it becomes an issue in your building.
0: Yeah. And just addressing those challenges, you mentioned there costs and enforcement. I mean, look, on one view, how much is your good health and your longevity worth to you? I imagine that would be priceless. And I can tell you, at least from my perspective, when we are drafting these bylaws, we charge a a $600 flat rate to charge a smoking bylaw. So really, we're not talking big bucks here. And in terms of enforcement, Look, I always say that bylaws are like no standing signs. You get them up, people see them. The vast majority of people comply with them and the minority who don't, look, some get away with it, some get fined, some get pursued, but the idea is that you, by having a bylaw in place, you develop this culture uh, of this is this is our community standard, this is what we want for our homes, and you find that the vast majority of people do comply and you don't even have to get to that stage of enforcement. So I would say any concerns about enforcement shouldn't be something that stops you from putting a bylaw like this in place.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree. That's what we've seen with our smoke-free environment laws over the years, is that we can't be out there enforcing those at every moment. Mm -hmm. But they become community standards. And once people become aware of them, and I guess that's the importance of making people aware, residents within the building, when a smoke-free bylaw comes in, or when people are renting or new owners coming into the scheme, Mm -hmm. that um, people are are made aware of that. Because for the most part, people will comply with the rules. Mm. I think as a society, we know that we're pretty compliant. Yes, Um,
2: yeah,
0: definitely.
1: We want to respect each other and that's going to be the same with a smoke-free bylaw and strata schemes.
0: Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, you mentioned there, Scott, a few action steps that our listeners can take if they want to get a bylaw like this in place. Approach your executive committee, get some advice perhaps from your strata manager who's then going to point you in the right direction if you do want to get a bylaw drafted. Is there anything that you want to add for our listeners who are looking at solving a smoking problem in their building today?
1: Yeah so I guess some additional things I would add is start talking to other residents in the building and start garnering support for for the bylaw yeah. because you still need that 75% majority to to pass a bylaw. Yep. And so that's you'll need other owners in the building to support that and get mm. behind you. And and so we would encourage people to start trying to build a a bit of a campaign mm. to do that. I guess for residents in strata schemes who are facing the issue right now of being exposed to secondhand smoke, I think there's a couple of things to point out. One is we would say that we would encourage people to talk to the smoker if they know where it's coming from mm. and, and if they feel comfortable and in approaching them. Because sometimes it can be resolved just with a conversation and asking somebody, asking a smoker to smoke somewhere else. Mm or even arranging times of the day where you're not going to be home, that might be a better time for them to smoke. That We wouldn't suggest that as a long-term solution, though. We do think that passing a bylaw is the best way to provide protection mm. to everybody in the building. So we would still encourage everybody to pursue that option. Mm. So I think that's mm. probably yeah. the advice I would add.
0: Something that one of my listeners asked me a little while ago, Scott, is about this listener in particular lives in an inner city building and um, she happens to live across the road from a, a hotel, a pub, and she has patrons of that pub coming out of the pub, across the road, standing in front of her building, which is a, a strata building, and there is smoke drift from those smokers on the street, so in a public place, then into the building. And she had asked me the question, is there anything that we can do about that? Now, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I couldn't come up with any answers to that. Have you got any?
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think there is anything that can be done about that situation. Mm. You know, it is difficult because our our smoke-free environment laws only go so far. And and there are advances that we need to make in those laws. Mm. But the smoke-free environment laws does exempt residential properties. Mm. And and so we wouldn't get the same types of protections of, that we have for entrances to public buildings yep. where you're not allowed to smoke within four meters mm. of entrance to a public building. So we don't have those same protections mm. for residential buildings, mm. unfortunately.
0: Perhaps a matter of time, though, hey?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, I guess the international gold standard for smoke-free policies is that 100% of public places are smoke-free. Yeah and and that's what we would aim for and there's been many countries in the world that have gone that way Mm. but we have a ways to go to get there yet in in New South Wales
0: yep well with the good work that you're doing and Cancer Council is doing I'm sure we are we're on the path that's for sure
1: that's correct we'll continue to advocate for better protection yes
0: excellent okay now I'm going to ask you a personal question here Scott what books have had the greatest impact on you and why
1: I think probably the book that comes to mind of having the greatest impact on me was Nelson Mandela's autobiography.
2: Yeah.
1: I think it's such a powerful story of a leader who, you know, has overcome such adversity, had such a vision and and was such a fair and gentle person.
2: Mm.
1: I think in our current political environments around the world And particularly for me as an American, you know, we could use a bit more of that um, (laughs) these days. But I just think, uh, you know, Nelson Mandela is an inspirational person that Mm. I think we could all learn several lessons from and lead our lives just to benefit everybody.
2: Mm.
1: And I guess, you know, I guess it's also inspiring in the work that I do to have such a committed advocate for for the right cause Mm. and, and pursuing that throughout his life and so that's also an inspiration for for doing this type of work
0: yep excellent great suggestion as always i'll make sure that there is a link to that one in the show notes for any of our listeners who haven't found their way over to nelson mandela's biography yet anything else that you want to add there scott before we say goodbye and how do our listeners find out more about you
1: so, listeners can find out more information about Cancer Council's work on smoke free apartment living at cancercouncil.com.au yep. forward slash smoke free and that's mm-hmm. all one word. That's where you can find our toolkit, which has fact sheets on the benefits of, of going smoke-free, as well as, as well as bylaws. And we provide an example of a bylaw to address a complete ban on smoking in strata schemes. Mm-hmm. And there's also some tips on how to advocate for introducing a model smoke-free bylaw within your scheme so you can find out a bit on how to go about that how to right. tell a story and you know build up your story that can bring other people along Thank
0: you so much. Thank you for your time today, Scott. I have to say from me personally as a a non-smoker, as an asthmatic and as the mother of a three-year-old, I feel so lucky to have people like yourself and Cancer Council out there advocating for our health and for the future of ourselves and of our children and just keep up the good
1: work. Thank you, Amanda.
0: Thanks, Scott.